and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts, Lucy Davis and Ben Holden. So in today's podcast, firstly, we're going to kick off with the infamous energy drink, locale, sportamine, caffeine. I'm feeling the energy today. I'm bringing the energy. Yeah, I'm, I just I'm, ignore I've it. Had my, open it now. I've had my oats before this morning's one as well, which means it's going to be a bit livelier. I'm, I'm radiating positive energy. Like glucose is starting to sieve through the blood. I can feel it boil, boiling. That's what we like. That's what we like to see. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> Some positive energy. But um, today's podcast is going to be on the future of fitness. Like Lucy said this morning, quite well, quite rightly, we're not mind readers. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be our personal opinion with some stats and a little bit of a little bit of us sprinkled on top. Of course, I think this is the fourth episode now, which is part of season three. So mm-hmm. you guys watching on YouTube, big up. Um, Have you ever said that in your life? Big up. Big up. Big up the Mazzy. I don't do think, remember, I don't do think Ben Jay? has ever said the word big Jay? up. You ever seen Ali J? Yeah, yeah, you? yeah, with the yellow glasses. Yeah. yeah, he was... Big up the West Side Massive. Strange. We are also going to be announcing the winner of the podcast giveaway for the reviews. Do you want to do that first? Yeah, I'll definitely dive L- in. LD is going to dive in with that. And do that first. Um, so this winner has been complete, completely at random and... We asked everyone to put their Instagram names because obviously we might not just be able to find you from your your iTunes name. So we've picked Brie Picks. Well, that pick, well done, Brie, Brie Picks. Picks. Yeah, so her review was really, really wonderful. It was actually amazing. What was it? Yeah, I'll, I'm going to read her review. So the title is This Podcast Will Change Your Mindset. Been listening to this podcast religiously for the last six months and honestly, it has changed myself and my mindset. I feel far more motivated, more positive about training and overall more knowledgeable in health, fitness and psychology of myself. Could not recommend this podcast more. And then she's put at Brie Pick. So that's on, Brie name. Which is so lovely because what a nice thing that we're also helping people's psychology, like helping their mindset because 100%. we've said this from the start, we don't just want to help your physical health, we want to help both sides of the spectrum, so your mental health, your mindset, your confidence, then also obviously your physical health as well. Yeah, million percent. I think it's the biggest all-round factor of it. And again, please continue to leave reviews because I sit there sometimes like one in the morning, we'll read through yeah. a lot of the podcast reviews. It's awesome, awesome to see. And obviously you can leave those on iTunes and they're a little bit more tricky, but you can also leave them on the YouTube channel now as well. So make sure if you haven't, then you hop over to the YouTube channel, the Not So Fit Couple podcast and subscribe and leave a comment or like the video or if you're watching this episode, drop a thumbs up. But we're obviously going to be talking about the future of fitness today. For those who are living in the UK, Big Buzzer um, dropped the announcement, I think it was the other week. Well, it's actually in England. It's not just Sorry, yeah. I don't Sorry, think apologies. Yeah, no, I think Ireland and stuff's right. Um, yeah. Got a right stiff. Well, English people, prepare yourself for 12th of April. They're so weird, those nails you've got on. Why are they so weird? They're stick-ons. Have you ever seen... You haven't, I don't know, you haven't seen the film. They remind me of the film, Little Nicky, where he I've goes to hell. I've seen it. You look like demon nails. They're not. Look at you two people. Look how nice my nails are. Thank you very much. I've look actually had a lot of compliments on my nails. You complimented them yesterday. They look different He's today. He's lying. It looks like you've had a fight with Terry's chocolate orange. Okay, I'm just, no. Anyway, <laughs> we are going to dive in to the future of the fitness industry. But also, yesterday, just to let you know, we re-filmed probably 100 coaching videos for the My Coach School app. I cannot explain to you the quality 
of these videos mm. in terms of obviously the educational side of things and actually you will learn things you will learn so fr- so much from the my coach school and obviously the app but also like the sound quality the visuals the video everything was absolutely fantastic big up mr hibbard <laughs> big up mr cal and no it really really is incredible because we've decided to reshoot absolutely every piece of content that is on the school at the moment for the app because we 100% know it's going to be the best thing and it's going to change your life and this is why but I think it'll be like nine months by the time it's released I know a lot of people say that oh it's going to be the best thing this genuinely is going to be the best thing that's going to release in the fitness industry yeah we've we we plowed so much it if it wasn't that's what I mean why why would you that's why it's taking so long that's why it's taking so much time it's taking so much effort put so much money into it like I can't wait to release it and to be seen and that's why we want to re-record all the content so that it looks as as good as it functions yeah, definitely. Because some of the videos on there are like worlds three years ago. That's when we when we started. The and school. we looked like a pair of cabbage patches. Like some of the content was recorded at like one, two, three in the morning, wasn't it? Yeah, because we on just... a microphone that sounds like you you're singing into a lollipop. <laughs> but that's what it was like when we started the business. It was so intense to get all the content filmed, to get everything done, and it was so much hard graft for that amount of period. We were working these crazy hours, and obviously now we have much better work life balance and we're we're choosing to refilm all the content Mm -hmm. for you and also a really exciting thing that happened to me this week go on thank you is i actually joined the my protein family my protein team which is really exciting for me because they're such an incredible brand their products are absolutely fantastic and i'm just so excited to be a part of that team and work with them we have so much in store for the next few months and I'm just super happy that I'm actually able to share that now. Big up the Lucy Massive. Big up the Lucy Massive. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, and that news as well. We actually moved oh the Massive HQ. Yeah. You know, forgot what the, the most pivotal point of the week. So for those who are living listening. It's the absolute piss. Well, the YouTube video that I'm doing, by the time this comes out, I've been up last week. So you can go into my YouTube channel, which is my coach Benji, and watch me and Lucy haul a full gym from outside, downstairs, and into a small bedroom workspace honestly it was the squat rack we were like we'll take the squat rack down first we freaking tip this squat rack up and it just like pissed itself there was so much like <laughs> like diarrhea pouring at the end like but, it's but been outside, <laughs> you've got to imagine it on all four pillars and this was in my house and i was i was not having a great time whilst i was like, she's um a bit of a clean freak at the best of times so this was didn't go down it was very well really disgusting wasn't it but yeah definitely go and check ben's youtube so you can see that and obviously it's on our instagrams as well so definitely dive in but i think we are actually gonna dive straight into well moving on yeah boris actually left that announcement podcast. like we're picking up back up on that for england that gyms this isn't gonna be a definite but should be opening by the 12th of april which is good news because i think by the time this podcast comes out we're probably looking at like five or six weeks five weeks yeah five weeks which we can see the home straight now so that's why we thought it'd be a good time as any to kind of discuss pardon me this is not gassy <laughs> big good time to start to talk about the reopening of gyms and what the fitness fitness industry is going to look like in the future the rest of 2021 full in 2022 so i think it was important first to to kick off with some stats that we've we've managed to pull together on what's been happening in the fitness industry over 2020 particularly and then into the start of 2021 as well because there's been quite a lot of change um I don't know if it's been for the good or the bad. I mean, the fitness industry seems to have held its value. So one of the ones that I pulled up first was that in overall in 2019, there was still an abundance 
um, in the growth of the fitness industry because it's been year on year on year on year growth for like the last 10, 20 years. And the global industry revenue totaled 94 billion. Um, and as a result, health clubs are still in reach of reaching um, 230 million members by 2030. Do you know what's interesting with that stat though? What? I wonder if that it just literally just includes gyms and health clubs. Like, does that include, like, you and industry, me as industry, coaches? Industry revenue, but that's hard to total. We're, we're part of that. Surely, like, the My Coach School and all these other apps and fitness influencers are part of that. Do you know what I mean? Like, as a coach, it's probably as a they, uh, they might do it, like, for the HMRC. I don't know how they work the revenue are, but... No, it's interesting, though. They obviously base it off the same pillars every year that they yeah, measure, yeah. and it's still been year-on-year-on-year on year on year growth, which is it's obviously good to see for the fitness yeah, industry. Incredible. I think it's... So the industry hasn't shrunk, but where the money's being spent is what's changed, obviously, because the gyms haven't been mm. being there. So it'll be interesting to see how that's distributed again once gyms reopen. You'd imagine there'd be an uptake in memberships and stuff like that. Again, I know I know a lot of people still kept their membership to support the local gyms, I suppose. It depends on what sort of gym you were going to previously, whether it was like a... A private. Uh, yeah, or like one of the big gyms, like where people are probably less emotionally attached to. I think, though, with, like, for example, Pure Gym, I think they naturally cut off people's memberships, didn't they? I don't... Yeah, Cal's agreeing. They, they... Which I think for a company like that is a great thing to do. They they but cut off people's memberships. I think for all the gyms, though, like, who literally depend on the survival yeah. of members... Like, like private, like a, it's like great a single to back, own. Back your, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Great definitely. to back your gym. But there's a, a couple of stats that I want to run through quickly before we dive into our, our views. And the one of the ones that I wanted to jump into with is... The stats, and I believe it's probably more than this, there's 13,770 PTs in the UK. I don't think that... They're the people who sat the courses, so I think there's going to be more than that based on the amount of online coaches there are. And, unfortunately, a lot of online coaches who don't even have the quite right qualifications to be able to give advice and who aren't educated enough because I think there's a big loophole in regards to people just going, oh, do you know what? I'm in shape, so now I'm going to be an online coach and just sell themselves and sell... sell sell what they have done to themselves or sell them sellers being in shape to become a coach which those two things don't run in sync yeah so i believe there's probably a lot more pts or coaches or online coaches in the uk and there's 5.7 million brits that hold a membership um to gyms which i think will reach 7 million by next year i, I want to point out this fact because obviously when we're looking at personal trainers there's with the gyms being shut obviously a lot of people have had work taken away and taken from under the feet Obviously, we're in the fortunate circumstances that we don't operate on the gym floor anymore and we're all online. But for a lot of personal trainers, that's a hard pill to swallow. And it obviously forced people into having to move to an um, an online business or offer a different type of service to the client. I think as well, obviously, like you said, they've completely been forced. It's not out of choice. A lot of people haven't just chose to solely go online. And the thing is with that, the fitness industry is so saturated online. So they've come into this online space that's like, oh my God, it's so overwhelming. Because we've had so many personal trainers who have actually joined the school to increase their knowledge in terms of running an online business, how it works, and also the fitness industry in general, just just learning and, and trying to grasp. It's not even grasp, it's trying to get on your feet online in that industry because it is overwhelming i think it's it is very saturated the online fitness industry at the moment obviously even more so since the the pandemic because people know they've had to move online but that just goes to show the 
people were squabbling over oh, stealing people's clients and producing the same content and imitating what there's fucking 5.7 million people in the UK who have an interest in fitness i.e. they have a gym membership there's 13,000 PTs or, or more than that there's enough people to go around yeah don't be a little bitch about it get yourself online change your business model and modernize your systems because if you're not online i feel like you're massively going to fall behind and this pandemic has massively highlighted any holes in people's businesses because of that yeah and obviously me and ben spoke about this before we actually started recording the podcast and it was just about like with an actual personal training qualification yeah you learn the anatomy of your freaking foot your heart you do this how to do this on the gym floor how to be an instructor whatever it is you learn, you know, I think it's quite basic what you learn in a personal training qualification. I think it's pretty, pretty It's pretty quite standard, minimal. isn't it? It, remind, it reminded me of GCSEPA. It's a tick box exercise. It's a tick box exercise for companies to do to say, this person has the right health and safety qualification to be able to go on the gym floor and then you're left on your own devices. I do feel sorry for quite a lot of PTs because they don't think they're well equipped enough when they first start. Yeah, and this is the whole point. There is absolutely nothing in a personal training qualification that provides you information about how to sell to people essentially your job is to make a sale and, well, to, and to gain a, a gain a client and to understand how to run a business whether it's online whether it's on the gym floor like you could do your personal training qualification and have no idea how to actually get your first client or how to approach them in the gym or even more so now how to approach them online which i think is a massive flaw with personal training not having that help it's just a bit of help it could be it literally could be one added syllabus onto the course i think for most people as human beings we don't have that natural instinct to sell it's very uncomfortable yeah, and hard is. to ask people for money doesn't matter how good you think your services people still i still feel uncomfortable sometimes with it we don't have the natural instinct to just be like some people do some people are killer salesmen mm. most people don't have that and so it takes a lot of confidence to ask someone for the money. I and mean, that's why personal trainers massively undervalue themselves. And now I did when I first started. Yeah, same. I did. You, you didn't you did, you did feel like worthy. you were worthy. You really didn't. You didn't know how to approach it. And even, obviously, you started way before me mm -hmm. in the fitness industry. And I started probably about four and a half years ago now. And even then, it definitely wasn't as saturated. Like, no way near as saturated. But I still felt really overwhelmed with the online space then. I think it's the, the reason why it's become more and more saturated is because you, a mixture of things, which is, why, why I've got the, no joke. I've got the memory of like a, a wet sieve at the moment, you know. I've literally, what I was about to say, yesterday, my head. I know, you? I can't remember stuff. What were you about to say? I was going to say the reason why it's become oversaturated. The, the first reason I had's gone. So I'm going to move on to the second one. <laughs> The second reason is that there's a lot of influencers whose buckets become dry with flogging shit and advertising and stuff. And I've got nothing wrong with that, by the way. If, you, if you're if an influencer and like you promote whatever it is and you're doing a job and you're doing whatever, but just stay in your lane. If you're not a coach and you don't know anything about fitness and you don't know anything about coaching and helping people, kindly fuck off. Because it's, an, it's, an, it's not annoying from a perspective of people are taking a share of the fitness market it's annoying because pe those kind of people and the people that we deal with with clients now are people who are we're trying to reverse bad habits and bad relationships with food and poor coaching i think that's the the most of the people members one-to-one -one clients are people who were having to reverse 
the process for them because they've been taught bad habits and coached wrongly. And that's by influencers and people who like are living the lifestyle. And they, that's the thing I'm going to talk about. The people who like think it's like, oh, after four hour, four hour work week, I go and sit on the beach with a fucking laptop. No, yeah. it's not. How, wh- when do you know a week where we've worked fucking four hours? I, even when we've been on holiday, I've worked more than yeah. four hours. I've, I've never, I've never, yeah. <laughs> never so done that. So that bullshit notion of, oh, go online, just do four hour work week, work on your laptop. Of course you can work anywhere on your laptop, but it's not going to be a fucking four-hour work week. And that rise in, like, influencers who, whose bucket run dry and they go, oh, I'll just try, apologies, I'll, pay, I'll, uh, I'll try throwing my, my fishing rod in the in the fitness pool and see what happens. Well, and actually, sorry, there's actually something I saw really interesting on Instagram, I think it was yesterday. A previous Love Island, Love Islander, someone who was on Love Island, one of them's already created, What there's another person, another girl who already created this, shred thing i think she was giving girls 1200 calories it was done with a personal trainer as well apparently i have no problem with that but she was promoting it and she's not a personal trainer there's another one i think it was released last week it's like a six week shred and the love island girl i'm not i don't name names i can't be asked doing that she's not she's obviously the face of it Again, I don't really have a problem with that, but if she's written the program in, no, but I you're not a trainer. I have a problem with it. It's nothing wrong if she's saying, like, I'm running the business and these are the coaches that are doing it, but you can't bullshit people saying, I'm writing the programs and someone else is... is um. Yeah, I have it. no... I just... I have no idea. But the way it's marketed is is very much so her. But maybe it's because... I think it's based off her transformation. There's a guy who did this for... Do you remember the company called Shreds? Yes. Popped off in America a couple of years ago. And there's a guy called like Devin or Devlin who got f- found out about that. And the, the woman who was doing all the programming for the um shreds. for the shred, it wasn't for shreds. It was for his own personal stuff. The woman who was doing all the programming for him actually came out and she was the one that outed him. <laughs> so that, Heavy. and then he was like, "No, it's not true." And she was like, "Here's all the fucking programs I've written for the last how many years for you?" I don't why know why she, she do that. I think he was doing something dead sly. So it just goes to show, doesn't it? But back to the some of the stats that I was pulling up. There's been there was a survey done, and it was seventy five of consumers surveyed said that they will eventually return to their routines pre pandemic, mm. and many indicated they would, but they will still retain the virtual components. So even they will still return to the gyms, what the survey said, but they will continue to use stuff like the micro school, like other online fitness apps that they have started using at home well the my coach school is predominantly gym based anyway it has a lot of home workouts what i mean now. is though because people need accountability and they've needed at home they'll continue to use those same apps after they've been using at home when they go back to the gym if that makes sense yeah definitely and even i said to ben the other day god i don't even think i'm gonna go to the gym every, i literally every single day. had that in my show notes what you said the other day i just I don't, I can see myself quite frankly doing a lot of my sessions in our little gym downstairs and it is our job to film. It's part of our job to film and create content and we now have that space downstairs. I feel really comfortable training down there. So the only thing we don't have is like obviously machines, like a leg press and stuff, which I don't really use anyway. I'm not a fan of leg press because of my hips and a cable. The cable is like the only thing we don't have. Like we said before though, you can build muscle, you can lose fat, you can change your composition, you can improve your performance from home, depending on what kit you do have. This is the most amount of muscle tissue I've probably ever held, by the way, and I'm training at home. So progress will still happen at home, as long as you're following a program and you're keeping accountable. It will just be a little bit slower than you're at the gym, when you're at the gym. And 
there was again another stat which was indicating that since the start of the pandemic, some of eighty percent of fitness consumers live streamed workouts. And this is in comparison to 7% in 2019. That is so drastic, isn't it? But you can imagine that, though, because the first lockdown, live oh, workouts fucking sick were seeing, everywhere, which is great. I think it was great to obviously help people, but there was an absolute abundance of them. Like, I, I ended up stopping because it was just too intense. However, when you compare it to this lockdown, I have not seen any. I genuinely, I don't know why I think that people is. got fed up with them. It's like, yeah, I think a lot of the time, though, bored, people maybe. didn't end up doing them because they wanted to help people. People were doing them and jump on the bandwagon of like, oh, this is in on Instagram at the moment and this is what's going to help me grow. Yeah. So I'll continue to post as many of them I can, even if it runs me into the ground, which is why you stopped doing them because yeah, you fucked over. Yeah, I had to stop. Yeah. And it so, is, it's like, that, that's like, it, that's business. It's important to jump on a trend yeah, where yeah, a trend course, is happening. Yeah. But I physically couldn't do it anymore and I wasn't... I wasn't benefiting from doing it. So therefore, if I wasn't feeling great, how can I give off the best version of myself to other people? But definitely in this third lockdown, I don't think I've even seen a single live workout. I can't remember um, Just Joe Wicks someone. is the only one. Oh, I've he's seen. great. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's been, been doing really it for kids consistent. and stuff as well, hasn't he? So that's good. But back to what you were saying before, in regards to like going back to the gyms, I don't think a lot of people will go back straight away. Like, like last time there's, there's some people but I don't think I'll be busy straight away I think people will continue to train at home gyms like there's an, another set of thousands of cancelled gym memberships and exercise equipment sales have rocketed so this was one of the stats that I pulled up on gym kit because I know you've got one home gym equipment sales have spiked by 5,813% in the UK since the first lockdown so since last March and it's not just it's not just people buying like bands and yoga mats anymore because this was based on eBay eBay sales and they saw an increase by one thousand nine hundred and eighty percent in dumbbells and an increase in weight plates by one thousand three hundred and fifty five percent. So it's not just people buying little bits of kit going oh do you know what I'll just mess around for a little bit. People are buying serious bits of kit for the gym at home. And if people are making those sorts of investments, I think they're going to continue to use them. Like, I was speaking to one of the guys, one one of my mates who I used to work with, and he was saying to me, I'm not going back to the gym. I'm just going to carry on training at home. Mm-hmm. And he's not the kind of guy, by the way, who's like a casual gym goer. Like, he slaps weights around as well. So there's there's, there's people who, like, were serious gym goers. So well, some that I spoke to who will continue to train at home. I'm not saying that to everyone, by the way. But if that's, like, a couple of people that I spoke to, I'd imagine that will transparent be transpiring across the country as well for some people yeah definitely like i've already said to you i like the fact that it's just just downstairs i don't need to get in my car i don't need to drive anywhere i can just kind of chill and then i can smash a workout that's personal preference for me and also i prefer having my camera at home i prefer not logging my lights my cameras my tripods and stuff to the gym because again it is our job and for me personally it's made my content far better to film it in in our own space but one of the stats that i had this is so funny because so the two products with the largest growth in sales and this is since december so this is just from lockdown three has been bread machines followed <laughs> by gym equipment <laughs> bread machines bread machines well, like physically making bread machines or toasters making bread at home why haven't we done that by the I way i don't know when i'm absolutely the bread i said queen. this the other day why have we not made sourdough I don't know. Well, should we do that after? We'll order one. I'm not fucking making sourdough today. No, as in like I will order a bread machine. Let's do it, yeah. I'll add to that start of being 
Um, the I largest bought, growth in sales. I bought a popcorn machine, to be fair. Yeah, you did. But that has grown in terms of gym equipment by 300% in 10 weeks. So that is so significant for this Mad. third lockdown in only 10 weeks. Because what I noticed as well is obviously because the demand was so high for gym kit, the prices absolutely skyrocketed. Oh, so of course they will have made... Yeah, it's a supply and demand, isn't it? Yeah. It's always going to be more expensive. They will have made a ridiculous amount from these these sales. And again, that is just business. If they're seeing such huge demand, they are going to increase their prices, whether it's eBay, Amazon. Um, I don't know if places like Strength Shop or Bulldog did increase their prices. I think like, they did a little I bit. The thing is, though, that. if you look across a lot of the websites, everywhere still with a lot of kits still sold, sold out. Sold out. But everywhere. it must be, I guess, because the demand, like probably worldwide, is so high. Where the hell do they get all their stock from with enough time to make it, ship it, get oh. it sent off? And wonder how many garage gyms are on knocking about now? Thousands. You know, in comparison to before. Yeah, there must be thousands, definitely. I think it's quite sad in some ways because I think it will stop a lot of or some gym goers going. But I don't, I personally don't think it'll last because I think people will inevitably get bored at home and they need accountability for a lot. Of, most people need accountability. And like we spoke about in the Myth and Motivation event and psychology, people have a basic drive and a psychological drive to survive due to the social needs and, and needs to belong. People will need to belong to a community and this is why people got pissed off and frustrated at home because we don't have, we haven't, we're not getting any balance between rest and stress mm. or stimulation and relaxation. And I think a lot of people will want that separate space to be able to go into a gym, which is away from their home and kind of have that segregation and that part and the, the environment that creates motivation for them, not just a, yeah. a small room. For me, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really dedicated to training, so I'll train in a fucking toilet if you ask me to. So what if I've got the option to go back to the gym, now I'm gonna go back to the gym. For me, like I'll probably use our training bit for like- Filming. If, for filming, I'll probably use it maybe on a weekend sometimes, yeah. if I'm doing like an extra workout. Or I'll probably use it if, for example, when we're able to do stuff again, if we've got like a day where we're really busy or we're, we're traveling away somewhere, I can just pop in there for an hour rather than going, okay, I've got to drive the gym, get set up, do a workout, drive back and shower. Like I can pop down there for 45, 50 minutes, get a shower and go. Yeah. So it's well ideal for that. It's convenient, isn't it, at the end yeah, of the day? Yeah, it is. It's definitely convenient. And I think one of the things that I really, really think with gyms is that when they do open... Fingers crossed the 12th of April for England people. England people. England, England people. people. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing is, everyone's going to be looking for a safe way to work out because it means gyms are honestly going to have to meet such impeccable hygiene standards. Yeah. And that will 100% be carried into the future because I think people now have a new awareness of how germs and disease spread and even though gyms weren't initially really high in t i think it was the infection rate of corona was only about four percent in gyms I think compared it was even to that. about 40 percent. i don't think it was even four percent at one point it was 0.9 percent yeah it, whatever it was it was super low in comparison to like restaurants shops and things like that even though that was low 
I think the hygiene standards of a gym need to be carried through. I think we obviously went to quite a few gyms when they were open. There were certain ones where there wasn't enough cleaning equipment. There was a few things like everyone was bumping into each other. There was no like the boxes. So I think for people's safety and how comfortable they feel, gyms will do better if they really, really take on board like people's hygiene. Yeah, I think what we all probably talking about as well though is those really small old school gyms as well, which like they've kind of like tucked away in little crevices and little yeah. alleyways and little little gyms, and and they're probably like not the upholding the, the guidelines probably as well as they should do. But then again, like when we have corporate gyms that are upholding the guidelines because they're under public scrutiny in the public eye and the media quite a lot. I think we can't be moaning at stuff all the time. I think we've got to be more grateful and appreci- appreciative that the gyms are open and the, the gyms are doing what they have to to stay open. Mm. Can't be moaning if someone... I know it's not the best, but like when the gym opened, that happened last time, they said to us, you can't train together. You can't like fucking... Although it's not ideal, you got to get on with it. To be back in a gym is great. Like you can't you can't moan about everything. You've got to appreciate and have some gratitude that they'll be back open again and it'll be a transition period again. It's not going to go from black to white it's not going to be like just one day the gym's open everyone's going to be back to normal same with everything else in life it's not going to happen no no no, that wasn't my point no i'm not saying it is i'm just saying okay so my point was they have the thing that gyms are going to have to do now and carry on in the future is cleanliness yeah yeah to actually make people safe to go is in terms of yeah they'll be absolutely sound to go we went when they opened last time but in terms of actually cleaning your kit because i think people did start getting lazy that's, and that's when people started to like not like stop going to the gym again because do you know what I mean? It's like a really that's interesting weird spiral. That though, because I feel like this, this is my is this a hypothesis. Maybe this is my theory on this is that I think that a lot of people maybe unfortunately are the people who were going to like more old school gyms where maybe cleanliness isn't or wasn't upheld as well will go to more of the big corporate gyms who will have a lot of money to spend on that kind of like cleanliness, keeping guidelines high, and visibly be doing stuff. And a lot of people maybe move over because they feel safer in those sort of gyms. I don't know. Yeah, potentially. It is it is, it is weird how now it is a safety thing. Yeah. I mean, it's only going to be a good thing for the gyms to be cleaner. I mean, if you want to stay open, you've got to be. But it's, you, the pandemic is obviously going to have a massive effect on the gyms. I think it will do moving, moving forward. But on the other hand, we know their importance. Oh, we, we do. We spoke about this in a, in a whole podcast yeah. on it. And... We've seen the impact that the pandemic had on on the obesity pop, the population of the UK that is obese. And we're not, we're not a very healthy nation. When no, we look no. at it in comparison to other nations around Europe, China, America, well, America is obviously is in a similar ballpark. And I think that's because we lack the education needed and the simple things. And again, there's a lot of confusion with stuff that's going on. There's a lot of shit that's pushed online. And a lot of people just lack the basic knowledge. And that's not their fault. It's because we're not giving it enough. Mm. There's got. I know there's um there's been a lot of talk about the whole eat out to help out scheme, but there's there's something being pushed at the moment. I think it's like help out to work out, which is fucking great. The, at the end of the day, the health and fitness sector saves the, the government or the NHS £22 billion every year by prevention, by prevention of serious psychological or, or, or mental and phys- physical um, conditions and illnesses. That's got this, unbelievable. There's got to be some give back. There's got to be some give back to the sector that is saving the country so much money so that can do more to do so. Yeah, I agree with that massively. And 
the podcast for reference that we did really heavily on this was actually filmed with Nick Cap. Is it his last name? Nick Wickham. Nick Wickham, but his name on Instagram is Nick Capo. And I would suggest going back and listening to that podcast because it was really, really insightful and it was super, super incredible. It was such a good podcast. So definitely go back and listen to that. There was actually a stat that I did have about outdoor fitness, which is quite interesting. There was a run repeat study. I'm not sure what that is, but it was a study conducted and just over 70% of participants said that outdoor activities um, and home fitness will be the best ways for them personally to stay fit in 2021. And even though outdoor fitness isn't necessarily new, more and more people, so over 70% would choose now to go to a park to work out in 2021. I think I've seen this study though, you know, and I think that people were kicking off about it because I'm sure I've seen Nick post something about it as well. And a lot of the um, people who have taken part in the study were runners. Oh, okay. So that makes fuck it me. Very... If you ask the if you ask the hundred bodybuilders, yeah, they're gonna go. Bad. I haven't fucking run a day since lockdowns happened. So it's gonna be dependent on massively what the person was doing prior to that. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the hard thing with studies, and that's why people will cherry pick bits of information to to suit the narrative. The government did this when they were looking at that run scheme. They chose that run scheme, said something about, it, and this is what people were doing. And then they came out and said, so, I, I, I remember seeing something that was posted about it. That a lot of people who were running or outdoors are people who had COVID or, or were more likely to pick up COVID. So it was putting people then off going running and being outside. It was so weird. They've they've refrained and retracted the statement now. I saw it the other day. Um and whoever published it has been like condemned or whatever. It was weird. It was so weird. That's all got. Have you seen that other um article that was published this week in regards to the Pfizer COVID vaccine may not work as well? And these were their words, if you're fat, i.e. obese. People, obese people are basically making half as many antibodies after getting two doses, one of the studies claimed. But again, we've got to look at like the validity and reliability of the study. So it was, I think it was only take done on like 240 people, which is a very, very small study group. Small. And considering, I think, one of the first ones that was done on um, the effectiveness of the vaccine was done on 4,000 people, and people said that study group was too small. 248 people is nothing. There's not enough data that to basically support that at the moment, but it's an interesting topic to kind of talk about. Yeah, no, definitely. We know, we know the impact that's had on obese people, and I think that's got to be a massive wake-up call to the government and to the population in general to better educate themselves and to take more action with the health and fitness journey. If stuff like this happens again. Yeah, well, the government in July last year, they brought out the government scheme of helping people lose weight because of the correlation between well, the risk of the mortality rate of if you are obese and, mm, and having COVID. Yeah. So they did actually bring out a government scheme and we have spoke about it before. One of the things that I think has been amazing for personal trainers in the pandemic is the remote personal training. So people who are doing their personal training sessions on a one-to-one basis via Zoom or via remote personal training yeah. and having... The reason people get a personal trainer, it isn't always just to lose weight or build muscle, whatever it is. It's for accountability. I th- that's what we sell, sell at the end of the day. That's what me and you... We sell people accountability. Yeah, it's for accountability. It's for motivation. It's to obviously help your physical shape and it's to help your mental health as well. 
and I loved seeing all these personal trainers using their it's not necessarily using your initiative it's using your head isn't it and thinking right okay so I can't get them in a gym we'll do it via zoom because you want it on a one-to-one basis it's not doing a massive class you're personally training someone via zoom and yes you might not be there to tweak their technique but you're there physically with them you can see exactly what they're doing you can tell them what to do and if you are a personal trainer who's a bit stuck at the moment in the fitness space do virtual personal training sessions offer personal training via zoom i think that's very important i think based on this and what exactly what's happened now and i think even prior to this gone all the days where you can be a personal trainer and just deliver an hour pt session people can go bye see you next week those days have gone you've got to be much more than that you've got to be able to support your client even if you're just a personal trainer you've got to be able to support them offline online face to face the people want more than that now people want just more than an hour on the gym floor and going okay there's your training session done bye so i think this is an important point and important moment in time to kind of recognize that i think a lot of pts will kind of just be waiting around for the gyms to open and it's the other way around people need the support now people need the accountability people now need more accountability than ever even when they when they go back to the gyms because it's hard to stay accountable at home like we've like noticed an uptake in numbers who have been asking for help from us because people need that accountability. Don't wait until gyms reopen because that's just really backwards thinking. You gotta be, you gotta be forwards thinking, and you gotta be thinking proactively about what you're doing, especially if you're a coach or a PT. Because at the end of the day, I I believe unless you're getting online, you're gonna be left behind. And whether that's again, I had a conversation on Clubhouse the other week. Even if you're you don't have any plans to move your business online, I know this is very. Apologies, specific specific to PTs now. Even if you are gonna have an intent to have your business on the gym floor and not move online, you still gotta produce content because content is king. I think I might have said this the other week because if you had two personal trainers, for example, in poor, pure, poor gym, sorry, pure gym, one is producing online content, one is not doing anything. The new person or new member who strolls into the gym and sees both the personal trainers in the gym but then also goes back home and on Facebook and sees that guy posting Facebook content, Instagram content all the time. It's like that law of sales that used to take six or seven hours to build up that relationship and make a sale. Who do you think he's going to pick? The guy who he's seeing producing content all the time and helpful content and helping him with his journey, or not directly, or the person who's just in the gym. You're going to pick the one who you see all the time, yeah, aren't of you? Course. Of course you are, because they're going the, next, the extra mile. So whether you're online or offline, you need to be producing content because content, content is king. The thing is, as a personal trainer, you are a brand, you are a business, like whatever it is, whether it's your name, whether you've made up a name, whether you, you use your own name, you are a, a brand and you offer a service. Working online gives you the opportunity to raise your brand awareness. It gives you the opportunity to not just have the ability to coach people in Manchester, it gives you the ability to coach people in Australia, in New Zealand, in America. Being online gives you that ability to completely broaden your spectrum. And as Ben said, oh, sorry, that was quite a different point in terms no, of no, online that's, that's coaching. No, that's a good point, good point though, because 
when we did those stats about the micro school, I think the last time we checked, we were in 167 countries. 167 countries. And that, that's yeah. what opens you up when you are running an online service. Yeah, definitely. And the thing with the content is so true. And I had, well, it's, it's difficult, but with Instagram, I feel, or, or content in general, whether it is Facebook or YouTube or whatever, people are just fucking scared. Like sometimes it is scary. I was honestly, I hated being on camera. I despised, I couldn't even look in the lens. I used to like look up and down. I used to look all around. Okay, cool. I was like that for like a year. Look back at some of my old videos. Bring me on four years later. And we're we're telling, we're (laughs) presenting a podcast on how to, yeah, you can't shut me up. But how to grow on social media and how to, to run an online business and things like that because it is scary when you've never done something before. I think even with that though, sorry, it's that there's different ways that you can angle your content as well. Like you don't have to sit in front of the camera and just speak. There's Twitter, podcast. you can use tweets. <laughs> if you've got a facial radio, that's a bit harsh probably, but you can run a podcast which doesn't have to be on video like this. You can just use audio. You can, like I said, do tweets, you can do posts, you can use Facebook, Clubhouse. you can do workouts, you can use Clubhouse. There's lots of other ways apart from sitting in front of the camera, especially if you're not confident doing so, and you can practice that in your own time. Yeah, even things like TikTok where you can produce smaller content that gives you a call to action because you can put a link in the description. It could send you to your Instagram, mm. it could send you to your website or whatever it is. And sometimes we do, well, not even sometimes, if you are new to the online space, you fail to work on the most important tasks. And in this case, it could be with your online fitness business and the use of Instagram. For example, filming your first video and maybe you're terrified, maybe you're scared, maybe you don't have the courage to to actually do it. And then you end up putting it off. And the more you put it off, the more difficult it is to return to that situation. And you may end up feeling angry frustrated that you you tell yourself you can't do something it's not that you can't do it you've not even given it a go yet and I honestly I get quite passionate about this because I was so there I was I was such an introvert I was awful on camera and you've just got to do it and that's not the best advice I could give but it is you've just got to bite the bullet and just do it once you've done it once it's like with anything once you've done something once it, it gets easier, it, you get more comfortable. I've done public speaking presentations loads now, but that is one thing, yeah, I'm still nervous. It doesn't always go away though, people, there's comedians who will present stuff um, and they'll still shit themselves every single time they go out. It doesn't yeah. mean those nerves are gonna go away. I think we're getting like a little bit off tangent. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of reel us but back But that was just to do with like Instagram though and how to use Instagram as a platform. Oh yeah, of course. I think at the end of the day, you're going to be shit at the start. I think you've got to not, not care about what other people are thinking. The moment that you can leave other, pe- other people's opinions aside and not pick them up is the moment that you'll be happy and confident in what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> but on that same note about being nervous and not confident, I think there'll be even... Like those people who will usually go into gyms who lack confidence and have like social anxiety and be worried about what other people are thinking. I think that'll be even more prevalent now going back to the gyms because COVID has happened as well. So there's people who are already nervous about going in gyms will be even more so put off about going back, I feel. Yeah, well, I, I said that <coughs> the other day, didn't I? I think we went for a walk around Manchester city centre 
and it wasn't even that busy but i said to ben god like i think i'm gonna get quite bad social anxiety when everything's back open yeah. again i already have i can't remember the name of the anxiety that i have but my therapist said it's something to do with like worrying so i'm obviously preempting that i'm gonna be really like not awkward around people but i think i'm gonna feel quite uncomfortable in crowds that's what anxiety is so isn't it? i know this is mega simplifying a very very complex subject and topic but they were saying, I remember someone saying something about anxiety is that you're thinking too much into the future and depression is, think, is that you're thinking too much about the, the past. Yeah. So that's obviously what kind of anxiety almost hinges on, isn't it? Like you're thinking about what's going to happen. Yeah. And I probably have done that a little bit with gyms as well, even though like I do feel pretty confident in gyms. I still do get gym anxiety because within, I think it, it's quite innate within me, isn't it? Like I've always had that element of anxiety and I do have to focus on myself quite a lot when it does come to gym anxiety sometimes or if I'm filming. And like you said, it it will probably increase when when gyms do back out. When the more you go, the like of anything, like repetition is what brings confidence. Mm. So I think once you've been back in a couple of times, once everyone's been back in for a bit more time in the gym, they'll feel more confident. It's just that initial icebreaker, isn't it, with anything. The... Other thing that I want to touch on, because I think this is, again, something that I found in regards to trends is massively picked up. Um, and I'll just run through some of the trends that have been shown. I think it was over 2000, so over the last 12 months. Um, and the biggest top fitness trend in the industry was, number two was wellness programs, so fitness programs. Uh, the first one, though, was 24% was fitness tech, so fitness devices. Like Apple watches and well, Zoom is obviously a big one. Um, oh, is the, that class of the fitness tech? Fitness tech, yeah. So online spaces where people can deliver oh, things, so like I said before. Yeah, but it? also yeah, watches, Peloton, Strava, tracking devices, rings, data, all the the micro school. Hey, the, um, but yeah, the, all those things. I I think it's interesting, like how they're gonna play a part and a role, even in the rest of this year in the future because fitness tech's always getting more and more extravagant and, and more and more relevant. I think there's, uh, fitness tech gets to a point where it's a bit too much in, in some cases, but I think it's it's going to be a big thing in the future. My, my only concern is, and I spoke about this to someone the other day, it plays too much of a role in some people's lives and it, get, it gets away from fitness because they're taking too much data. They're, tra- they're tracking too many metrics and they get anxious about taking them all. Yeah, is that in terms of like your watches yeah like like i know some people like who measure everything steps sleep um i i measure a lot of metrics by the way but i i've i'm taking a slightly different route at the moment it, it's good for me what, what i'm doing i'm trying to take a lot of health metrics but it depends how advanced the person is i think there's got to be the, the thing is there's got to be a reason for you using it and taking those metrics not just because your mates using it what are those health rings called What's a health ring? Have you not seen those rings that people wear? No. Have you seen those rings that people wear? The, the health ring? Yeah. So, um, I think they measure blood pressure. Oh, they measure sleep pressure. and stuff as well. Yeah. Like they've, got, mean, they've got a certain name, like a, a halo mad, ring or something. There are a lot of people using them at the moment. They're quite expensive, though. Do you know what? That, that, if that was me, if I had a ring on constantly measuring my blood pressure and heart rate, my heart rate would be freaking so high because I'm like, do you know when you're like watching it? Me- they they <laughs> measure other so stuff as well. Um, but yeah, like there's got to be a reason for you taking the metrics. Mm. 
because of live it's pointless you don't need to put the extra pressure on yourself some people are tracking far too much stuff and they're getting anxious about it oh like I'm, they're so focused on getting a good sleep they're fucking getting anxious about the sleeping and not sleeping properly yeah no that's so true um and they're so anxious about not hitting step count i know some people are doing like five thousand steps have been emailing like i can't get away from doing the steps the the some of the best weeks of training some of my clients have had and some of our members have had is when they took their apple watch off and he's not tracked stuff or not tracked activity because some people become so reliant on expending energy and expending calories that these devices govern their lives well it's even the calorie burn one's really significant isn't it and we spoke about this yesterday in one of the coaching videos on the school in terms of like your actual exercise activity thermogenesis so when you're working out those calories burned are the lowest out your whole day. They're lower than your NEAT levels. So the, pa- the fact people focus on this number on your Apple Watch so significantly is not great. You don't need to be doing that. Don't, don't, doesn't matter what calories you've just burned in a workout. And if you're that obsessed with it, bin it, bin the watch, yeah. <laughs> take it off, hide it in a drawer. I think it depends on like what type of person you are, how advanced yeah. you are. Are you an athlete? Why do you need to take that metric? Like, I mean, I get my I get my bloods done every four months or every three months. Every three, I think you. Every three months because I want to know what's going on internally. Like not everyone needs. It. I I got mine first done when I was in the middle of meeting disorder, and I got that done because I knew I was unhealthy internally, and obviously it was a good job I did because my HbA one C levels were really high, which is an indicator of pre diabetes sometimes. So there's different metrics that people will need to take. You don't need to take them all. Like when over in that psychology event, sometimes you give people too much choice, then it often often spoils their um selection or the choices that they do make so it's just it's being mindful that i think they're, they're going to be useful and like we're introducing with the micro school app there's going to be a lot more ways that you can track data there's going to be at some point in the um, later app development where you can use your my fitness pal to pull over data of your calories and macros you're going to be able to track your daily exercise you're going to be able to track your daily steps well that's that'll be in the launch the new the, the new micro school app yeah but just because it's all there does not need mean that you need to use every measurement it's op- it's optional with a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and there'll be a lot of coaching videos on there that me and lucy are going to put out in regards to the, the people who it isn't isn't for and i think that's the useful thing is education around these things as well yeah education is actually a massive one because i've actually not seen that much education on fitness trackers and fitness watches i think we're i definitely over this last lockdown, we've definitely said to people, look, like, don't focus too much on the Apple Watch because we're already in a pandemic. It's already pretty difficult on your mental state. Don't kind of add to it or worry about um, a, a fitness watch. But I guess we've not done loads. No, exactly. Yeah. We've not, and I've not seen that many other people do it. But I've we're seen more be... influencers just constantly like, promoting what calories they've burned. Yeah, that pisses me off. That. It's like, oh, go and have a wank over how many calories you've burned. <laughs> nice one, mate. You're promoting really unhealthy habits. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with burning calories. Sometimes. I know a lot of people's days, they, they will some people will burn a lot of calories depending on like what their um, day-to-day activity is, like in the neat levels. And if, for example, I know a lot of CrossFitters will burn a fuckload of calories and different athletes will burn a lot of, a lot of calories, but they're not pr- promoting going, you need to go and do this. So mm-hmm. just be careful of what you're consuming. Right, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Yeah. Okay. A little bit of a conclusion to, to the podcast. Okay, I hate these on the spot ones. It's good, it's just active instinct. Okay, We've okay. discussed it anyway. I'm going to ask you two questions. Okay. You got. I'm going to give you like 10 seconds to answer, so they need to be short, sharp answers. First know. one, um, I want you to give like short, sharp advice for any current PT. Go. 
So definitely for a current person, just on gym floor. Are they just on the gym floor at the moment? This is, but it doesn't matter. You got to give, give them advice. Okay. We can us. So go educating yourself further than your personal training qualifications doesn't need to be complex. It just needs to be reading up on a few more things. You know, just know it, know a few more things. Also, having a niche. I think having a niche for your own business, for your personal training is really important. Like okay, it's my... well longer than 10 seconds. Sorry, I thought you, I had longer. No, 10 seconds, it was short, sharp advice. I meant like, do this, do that, do that. You've gone and wrote a book. Okay, a niche, educate yourself, buy a camera, not even just camera, get some sort of filming equipment and film your first video. Okay, thank you for the, the speech, Pope. <laughs> <laughs> right, so question number two, advice for gym goers when the gyms re- or obviously for some Americans or people listening around the world they're probably going back to the gym sooner or later when gyms reopen advice that you would give for a gym goer 10 seconds three two one go don't dive in at the deep end increase your volume slowly don't just go back into doing six weighted fully sessions don't just do compound exercises probably have your intensity around 60% for the first week back nice I like that short sharp points Pressure. I'd say for me people with PTs is like the main thing is just be online and be present mm-hmm. be online be present put good content out help people with what they genuinely need help with don't just put out content for likes and whatever but yeah. you need to be online well that's isn't it what i said in terms of like your niche yeah. you need to have an ethos and you need to you actually need to believe in yourself yeah. you have to believe in you as a person and what you're offering to other people yeah and the ones for going back to the gym i'd i'd agree scale um, go back in firstly just enjoy it to start with because what the progress that you're going to make is is going to be non-negotiable yeah you know, there's newbie gains scale don't target soreness that'd be my basic advice oh and the last one get massive obviously get massive bro get fucking massive bro enjoy it appreciate it stay safe yeah don't definitely. touch people <laughs> yeah keep your distance yeah I think as long as you're sensible when you go back in and follow the guidelines you're going to be fine and obviously join the micro school yeah, definitely. We are really, really freaking excited about this app. Yeah. It should be May. It should be May time, but because we've added so much, like the health kit, for, for example, yeah, there's a lot of great. integrations that we've added into the app to make it the very best for you. But we really hope you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful and insightful. Don't forget to tag us on Instagram if you enjoyed and leaves a review obviously five yeah make sure that you do leave a review because we, we've we had no taping reviews and it's massively massively appreciated we do go through and read them all if you watch on youtube please just drop a comment in the comment box and make sure that you subscribe because we massively appreciate that as well and it does all just help because very shortly we have got the podcast the bbc podcast award coming up and the more reviews that are left on the podcast, the better. When that does open up, you will be able to vote. So if you can drop us a vote, if you've taken anything away from the podcast, whether that's a laugh, a bit of education, something that's helped you mentally or physically, when we release the um, voting line for the podcast awards, we would massively, massively appreciate if you could drop us a vote on there. Yeah, definitely. So thank you so much for listening or watching, guys, wherever you are in the world. And we will catch you in next week's episode. Bye, guys. Bye.